Welcome to the Supper Podcast, a series of conversations with culinary leaders, drink specialists, and hospitality professionals in the world of FMB. Hello, and welcome to the 13th Supper Podcast. I am Henry Rand, Consulting Editor of Supper Magazine. Today, I am delighted to welcome Agi Sverison, Executive Chef at Moss at the Blue Lagoon in Iceland. Born in Iceland, Augie's cooking career began at the age of 18, leading him to England where he joined Raymond Blanc at Le Manoir au Quatre Saisons. Promoted to head chef in 2005, he launched his first independent venture in 2007, becoming the chef patron and mastermind of London's renowned texture restaurant and champagne bar. Honored with the Michelin star in 2010, texture retained its coveted award for 10 remarkable years. In 2020, Augie returned to his native country, taking the executive chef position at Most Restaurant at Blue Lagoon, where he explores Iceland's culinary frontiers, transforming seasonal ingredients into timeless gourmet experiences. Lovely to have you on the podcast, Agi. Yeah, happy new year. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. Um, you are joining us um, all the way from, from Iceland, which is um, a beautiful country. I've been once and I'm coming again very soon. I had a trip that was three times canceled during COVID. <laughs> so hopefully this time, no more obstacles. So Agi, let's let's start a little bit um, um, uh, talking uh, to just to start off uh, about your about your career. First of all, where where did you train as a chef? And is a chef um, uh, was was chefing something you wanted to wanted to do with your life? Yeah, well, not, um, not when I was young, young, young. I probably went into cooking. I went into cooking sixteen years old. And um, because I was just a young troubled man and I didn't know what I wanted in life. Uh, so I was actually pushed through it. And so for the first year, it was a horrible experience. I just hated it. Every minute of it, need to work every weekend, in the evenings and when everybody was having fun. But then it just clicked and I just, after one year, I just loved it. And I just said, this is what I want to do. I want to open a restaurant in London. And that was 1992. And 2007, I opened a restaurant in London, so it was great. And tell me, tell me about your experience with working some of the uh, leading chefs uh, here in in the UK, because you did uh, you did uh, a stint with with Raymond Blanc, I understand, at at Le Manoir. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, time. I mean that was just amazing experience. I was with him for five years and uh, ended up being his head chef for two years. Um, he. I would say he taught me how to cook properly, even if I'd been cooking for 20 years or 15 years or whatever. Uh, he taught me everything about flavors, seasonality, and just what that it's not, it's not always about how it looks on the plate. It's number one, two, and three, how it tastes. And then, then the look comes afterwards, which was, wasn't the case when I was younger because so many chefs I worked for, there was always, they were always thinking about the looks number one, two, and three, and then uh, the flavors afterwards, instead of doing it the, the other way around, of course. And and tell me then about, um, you know, starting uh, and running Texture Restaurant and, and Champagne Bar, where, what was, what was guiding you as your, what was your signature then, I guess, as a chef, and, and, and what was the concept about? Yeah, I mean, uh, I met my business, former business partner, Xavier, at the Manoir, and so he was a master sommelier, and um, so we wanted to open a restaurant together, which uh, we did 2007, but it took us about two and a half years uh, in preparation. 
And um, it was all about fine dining, but relaxed fine dining. It was no tablecloths. I didn't use any dairy or cream or butter in, in the cooking. So we want to be a little bit different, but not because to be different, because I just believed in uh, no dairy, very little gluten and so on and so on. Healthy food was the new thing. And now, obviously, the new thing is healthy cooking, even if it's fine dining, because you get so bored of going to these fine dining restaurants and you have 10 or 15 courses and you are so heavy after your meal, you just want to go home or throw up. It's all about feeling good after a good meal, not feeling stuffed. And and how did that, um, you know, how do you see this as a progress from working with with someone like Raymond then going to open your um your, your own restaurant what what were the things you took from your time with Raymond and what did you add from your personality I took obviously a lot from Raymond I mean but I had worked for many good chefs so I took everything little things from everybody obviously most from Raymond and put it into my cooking so my cooking was no cream no butter and all of the chefs I've worked for used cream and butter and Raymond as well, but I didn't. So I took things that I believed in and made it into my own uh, cooking, basically. And uh, that was light, clean, fresh food. So very clean, a lot of, used a lot of uh, oils and vinegars and uh, no, obviously no butter and cream. And, and tell me, Agi, um, you got quite a lot of accolades for uh, for running the the, the texture restaurant and, and champagne bar. Did did that that did that change anything, or you just kept your head to where you wanted to be as a chef? Well, it changed. Yeah, it changed obviously a lot. I mean, we got much we got much much busier, and I, I would say obviously when we got the Michelin star, that was uh, the game changer really because then it was always full. So. Uh, yes, all the awards, they obviously meant a lot, but the Michelin star um, was the best in a way get most people in. We just was always full after that. And and with all this, you know, uh, success and, and having your own restaurant, which, you know, so many chefs uh, dream of, great accolades, Michelin star, um, um, you decided to then at one point return to your um, to your home to to Iceland. What uh, what does, you know uh, drove that decision? Yeah, well, it was a few things. I mean, uh, firstly, obviously, COVID. Uh, secondly, uh, our um, our lease was running out. I had found a new uh, lease or a new property it was supposed to be in uh, Grosvenor Square. Um, and we were going to go and open there, but obviously then, uh, and we had um, the money and everything to do it. And then COVID comes, I go home, and when I was going to go home for two, three weeks, and I'm still here, obviously, two years later or two, three years later, whatever it is. But yeah. obviously all the backers backed out when COVID yeah. came. And yeah. Um, yeah, so, and then they offered me here to stay here because I was consultant here, been consultant here for five years. Yeah. So, and, and tell me, uh, now that you've been at um, Moss, I think it's it's the third year, right? Because we have 2020, 2021, yes. 2022 going into now 2023. So, so um, tell me a little bit about the food philosophy at Moss and, and how you started out with, with you know, bringing your signature um, as a chef into the property and how it has evolved, I guess, over the last three years. 
yeah, I mean, again, I mean, my my thinking of uh, my cooking is obviously um, no cream, no butter. We don't use any gluten in the food. And uh, it's all very, very, we use the best ingredients we can in the world. Uh, do very little with it. Uh, we have a lot of, obviously, demanding customers here. It's a high-end hotel. A lot of Americans, they eat very, very healthy food, if that makes sense. They are very aware of what they are eating, so we need to be very. So for them, no gluten, no dairy is brilliant for them. So it's so it's quite easy to actually to cook for, for here uh, with that food. And and do you feel like uh, you know that you're working at um, a restaurant that is is in a uh, in a hotel because. You know, we, we cover in supper um, uh, everything that relates to a hotel property or that has accommodation as, as part of the offering. Do, do you feel that it's a different experience? Well, in the end of the day, we are quite a standalone uh, restaurant, e- even if we are in the hotel. So we get clients, we are destination restaurant as well. So we get, of course, we get uh, uh, customers not only from the hotel, even if uh, the majority is from the hotel. But, but, like I say, we are standalone, so it's not really. I don't feel really I'm cooking in a hotel, if that mm. makes sense. No, absolutely. And and before we we talk a bit about the menus, um, tell me about um, ingredients in Iceland. Uh, you know, Nordics and and Scandinavia and everything that that's up up happening in the north. Uh, people are really excited about when it comes to food. You know, for the last sort of ten fifteen years, yeah. Uh, because of um, you know, using everything that that is uh, that is uh, within within the vicinity and within the the distance. So, what is specific about Iceland? What gets you excited when you think about ingredients and what what's well, obviously the fish. I mean, the fish is definitely the most special uh, in Iceland. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, the the, uh, the longestines, uh, the cod, I mean, the halibut. I mean, the fish is just amazing. So that's number one, two and three. We have very good lamp as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily the best in the world, but Icelandic people think it's the best in the world, but it's very good. It's very good. <laughs> but uh, but uh, so th- that's obviously... Um, yeah, very good quality. And the fish is number one, two, and three for sure. And when you, so you, you mentioned a few things uh, on the on the seafood front. Uh, any, any any fish that's very specific? Uh, you said langoustines uh, and, and, and so so on and so forth. Anything uh, specifically on the fish side that, that you are really excited to cook with? Yeah, I mean, uh, we have amazing sea urchins here, mm. which are... Uh, very special. I mean, even I know Icelandic people think everything is best in Iceland, but uh, the sea urchin is probably <laughs> the best in the world. <laughs> Believe it or not. Uh, great. And and tell me a bit about um, you know how you how do you structure the menus at Mass? What can guests expect when they come to to have that experience? Well, this is, I go for five or seven courses. So we have two menus: one vegan menu, one. Uh, one normal menu, and we try to have a mix of obviously fish and meat, and one or two dishes with with vegetables. So um, I don't use just Icelandic uh, ingredients. I use the best ingredients I can possibly get. And that can mm-hmm. be a uh, beef. It can be now we have truffles in season, for example, both white and black. So we use them. We use uh, quite a lot of caviar also. Um, that doesn't come from here. That comes from Belgium, actually. Sustainable. Mm. So it's it's um, yeah, it's seasonal. Obviously yeah. now you you don't get much 
uh, vegetables apart from the root vegetables. It's it's a bit boring being a chef in January and February, really. <laughs> Have you have you have you managed to to work up a really uh, really big pantry uh, things that you know you've either pickled or brined from from the summer season? Yes, but uh, at the same time, I don't want to be just serving pickled food if that makes sense. Uh, Absolutely. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think we do too much of it actually. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So no, I don't pickle much. So when does the good season start for you? When 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 do things come up? Uh, um, it, it sort of depends on when when the weather starts to be hot. I mean, now it's changing so much uh, the seasonality yeah. because of uh, you, you just you don't never know. I mean, so March, um, late March or something like that. Then you start to get the asparagus, mm-hmm. uh, peas are coming, and all these beautiful uh, beautiful things. March, April depends on uh, the weather really. And uh, you mentioned already before, no cream, no butter, uh, uh, you know, no no gluten. And you mentioned that you're doing vegan menus yes. uh, and, and that guests are very appreciative, appreciative of this. Have you seen that this has been sort of an evolvement over the last couple of years that, that people are being more conscious about what they eat and how they eat? And, and you get asked more about um, having uh, having vegan menus? Absolutely. I mean, it's changed so much in the last, let's say, 10 years. I mean... Um, I mean, I started doing vegan tasting menu 10 years ago at, at uh, Texture, and that was almost unheard of then. But now it's just, it's probably about 15, 20% who go for the vegan menu here at uh, Moss. So it's quite a high number, actually. And it's always going up and up and up. Mm. And and tell me um, a little bit about how do you then um, work with um, with with pairings for 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 drinks because we've also seen a very big um, uh, movement for the low and no and and using things like kombuchas and 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 all kinds of more juice based uh, pairings as opposed to your more traditional wines. Is that something that you're also doing at Moss? Not very much. I mean, uh, usually uh, our c- customers they want to drink their wine <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't do much of it, and we hardly. I mean, we have a we have a sparkling tea and so on and so on. But uh, it's very rare that people want to actually go for juices or or yeah. Okay, okay, interesting, interesting. Yeah. And and um, you know, being an Icelandic chef who was away for a while, came back. How do, how do you see that Iceland has changed its sort of culinary direction, or how has it evolved over the last sort of, 10, 15 years? Well, it's changed uh, massively. I mean. When I left 20 years ago, Iceland, I mean, there was only a handful of restaurants in Iceland. And mm. people went out on their birthdays or uh, when they got married or whatever. But these days, now people go out two or three times a week. So it's massive, massive, massive change. And now we have restaurants everywhere. And uh, we are more uh, like uh, international now than uh, before. Before we were almost all farmers. Do you know what I mean? We were just so... <laughs> yeah. uh, so way back it was unbelievable <laughs> but now so, we are more into new times yes and and do you feel like you have a you know a circle of chefs who are who are spearheading you know icelandic food and 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 making it sort of stand out in 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 the culinary world yeah i mean we have all kinds of chefs here uh, doing all kinds of things i mean uh, i think even chef who does a good burger uh, mm-hmm. as well i mean so i mean we have plenty of good chefs here in Iceland, yes. 
Excellent. And 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 tell me, um, Agi, um, Iceland being a island uh, nation, uh, you know, finding and getting the right team together is is a, is a struggle we we hear everywhere in the world right now, no matter where you are. But but I think you guys have another sort of layer of complexity because you are an island nation, yeah. and and there isn't maybe as as easy to uh, to have the movement of people. So how how difficult or or uh, not difficult has it has it been in the last couple of years and and how do you keep your team together well in in iceland in general it's been a massive 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 problem like everywhere else i mean um, yeah you talk to everybody in the in, in the restaurant industry in ev- every industry and pe- people are wanted everywhere here in the lagoon of course uh, we need people as well but we are quite lucky because we take quite care, well care of our people so we, we they kind of stick with us and uh, so we've been very lucky let's put it that way yeah no that's that's uh, that's great to hear and, yeah. and and well done because it's um uh, you know every every chef restaurateur that i i speak to um it's it doesn't bypass them even even if people are doing well and are able yeah. to keep their teams it's it's still um a, a bit of the dark uh, dark cloud hanging above everyone's uh, everyone's head yeah, no, it is, and obviously, but uh, saying that, obviously, also, I mean, now people, there are so many options, so it is often difficult, and, and um, some people, some chefs want to be head chefs tomorrow, even if they haven't yeah. started to be chefs, yeah. so it is <laughs> difficult, but we are quite lucky. And and do you feel like your junior team members have have a different attitude when they come to work with you when what you used to see before have you changed have you seen a sort of a mindset change that they may be more demanding of what they want their uh, you know work life balance to look like or or what they want their hours to be 100% 100% yeah. i mean when i was younger i didn't ask uh, how am i working hours what do i get paid and so on and so on but this is a completely different world and we just need to deal with it and yeah. i mean people want uh, live outside work and uh, they want balance in life and we just need to deal with it. Even if I'm old school, I'm trying to understand it and I think I do actually. But yeah. Good. Well, if you're keeping your, your team, you're doing something right. So just keep, keep doing that. Keep doing that. Um, so uh, talking about, you know, uh, looking a bit more into the future, uh, what what new and exciting are you developing at Moss? Are you changing anything? Are you are you focusing more on certain aspects? Uh, what sort of the next six uh, to 12 months uh, look, look going to look like? Yeah, I mean, we are obviously, uh, when it comes to food, like I said before, we are, t- we are, uh, we are, uh, cooking healthy fine dining food uh, like i said which is uh, which is definitely trend now and it's going to be a trend for years to come and then obviously we have this um, we have this uh, event uh, at moss so um, guest chefs uh, uh, guest winemakers and so on and so on so we had Olitabu from Hyde. he was uh, yes he used to work for me at Texture and we used to work at the Manor together I was about to say you have a connection with uh, with Oli. That's that's the reason yeah. he came over, so right? He's a good friend of mine, and we've known each other for twenty years. So, uh, so he came over in well, November. Raymond Blanc has been twice oh, cooking nice. with us, so that's been amazing. He's gonna come again, and we had um, John Swartz from Napa Valley came and mm-hmm. did wine dinner, and then we are having another wine dinner now in in February. So it's a lot of things going on. 
And and tell me, Agi, with uh, with so much changing in the uh, culinary world, you know, who 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 do you get your inspiration from? Are there certain chefs that you follow? Obviously, you know, you you keep a good relationship with 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 Raymond and and other chefs yeah. that you work with. But any anyone else who you think is is doing some really interesting, great, and inspirational uh, things? Well, I think the, the most um, inspiration these days is uh, more like who is making the food, the farmers, and uh, and who, who is looking after the food because that's starting to get very important. How you get the food, how it's uh, from from land and sea, how how it comes to you, and uh, the quality of food and so on and so on. It's getting more and more important, and you you. In the old days, you used this part and threw the other part away. Now, now it's much more awareness of uh, how you treat your food, and so it's very. So you look and you admire uh, people who are actually farmers and so on and so on, fishermen, because they are doing an amazing job, and you sometimes forget that. Mm. And and on that note, because you you know you you were very complimentary of the seafood and fish products uh, that that Iceland has. Yeah. Um, you know, do you have these relationships with uh, with the with the people going out on the boats and? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that builds another sort of layer of of personalization that you 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 know you know you can respect this person. You know where all the all the ingredients are coming from, and and that builds a very different rapport. I mean, the harper is here ten minutes away, so mm. so it's quite so we get the freshest fish you can possibly get. Now, now I now I really understand what you meant by fish number one, two, and three. Yes. <laughs> it, it it really is centered um, around yeah. that. So, Agi, thank you uh, so much for um, for letting us uh, into into the into the world of moss and 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 your career and 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 how you've come back to your uh, your roots in in Iceland. And I look uh, really forward to um, hopefully no more cancellations coming up. And ha- I hope you have a great twenty twenty three. And uh, you keep your uh, team together nice and, and and tight and some really exciting um you know new developments at moss with great uh you know uh guest dinners and 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 wine dinners and i wish you and the team best of luck and a great new year thank you very much i look forward to see you uh soon you've been listening to the supper podcast a series of conversations with culinary leaders drink specialists and hospitality professionals in the world of fnb 